We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Aguero! Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kearney. Joining me for this episode is Sky Eddie Bruce. Sky is the founder of Soccer Parenting Association. And we're going to take a close look at this organization and her personal journey for the next 45 minutes. So many coaches have challenges communicating and then involving parents with their teams. And Sky's done a phenomenal job in this area, working alongside coaches, parents, teams, clubs, organizations. She's a coach herself, tremendous background in the game, All-American player, national championship runner-up, college coach, and extensive experience in club soccer at every level. I came across Sky a couple of years ago. She presented at a Modern Soccer Coach event and then she's been involved with our mentorship program as well. You're going to absolutely love how much passion she talks about the game and then how much value she gives coaches in an area that we really do not know an awful lot about. She'll also be presenting at the upcoming convention and she will be in Chicago to meet other coaches. So I highly recommend that if you're heading that way, you reach out to her, set up a meeting, stop by her booth, grab a coffee, whatever. Speaking of the convention, myself and Dan Abrams will be doing the Modern Soccer Coach Roadshow. First one ever on the Thursday night, 8.30 p.m at the first draft bar in Chicago. So announced this a few weeks ago and then today going to announce the three coaches who will be joining us. So outstanding panel. We're gonna have Todd Bean. Todd is the founder of Tovo Institute in Spain. He was one of the first podcasts I did. Unbelievable response to it. Todd is just different class. His philosophy on the game, the work he's doing, challenging coaches, working with coaches. Tony Strudwick will be joining us as well. Tony is a former Manchester United assistant coach. He is currently the assistant coach with Ryan Giggs at Wales. Again, phenomenal experience, phenomenal passion, helping coaches develop. And then our third is Arne Friedrich. Arne is a German international, 82 caps for his country, World Cup winning squad in 2010, current German under 18 coach. So super excited to have Todd Bean, Tony Strudwick and Arne Friedrich on the panel with myself and Dan. So we're going to be interviewing all three coaches and then we'll be going to be doing a, a discussion with all the coaches in attendance as well. So really hope you can make that it's going to be a super night it's on thursday january 10th if you're heading to the convention in chicago it's on as soon as the first night of the exhibit hall closes we will be starting so head straight from the exhibit hall over to first draft bar and join us you can find tickets for the event they're on the msc education twitter page 
and yeah there's limited spaces so get yourself a ticket come by join us for we'll be there a, a, for a full night of chatting discussion challenging each other it should be good back to sky really excited about this one let me know what you think any questions always at gary Kernin on twitter at gary Kernin on instagram let me know what you think thanks for listening here sky enjoy sky thanks so much for joining me today for the modern soccer coach podcast very excited to have you on thanks so much i'm excited too your resume cv fantastic experience at club college coaching badges most coaches move away from the parent side as they progress in their journey you've moved towards it <laughs> why is that oh um you know i just have this real desire for youth soccer to be better and it hit me at some moment um, as a parent myself with my kids going through this journey but also being a coach that that the parents are quite possibly one of the missing ingredients to really improving our youth landscape. Um, so many of the stresses that we have as coaches um, result from the parent, but, but we're not addressing them. We're not helping them. We're not supporting them, guiding them. And so that's what I've, I've been you know, sought out to do is to really change this dynamic to, um, you know, open the door to coaches and parents and really open that concept to some collaboration um, because I do believe that that is going to result in more players who are inspired by the game and continue playing. Brilliant. I, I saw you've got an MBA. So, uh, you know, there's obviously a, there's a business side of coaching as well. And, you know, a lot of coaches see opportunities in a market and then try to capitalize on that there. There's no doubt that the parent and like this is the most difficult uh, road you could travel on, isn't it? It it really is, and um, and so yes, at one sense, this is a, an opportunity because there's a void in the market, and so you know I'm starting something that that nobody else is doing and developing this, but um, it has been a hard journey of me learning, um, of me really trying to, you know, I mean Gary. When I started this, everyone thought it was crazy. Like, you know, I'd be walking around the convention and they'll be like, oh, you're the soccer parenting person. You're insane. Like, let me buy you a drink. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, and, and, um, and so it, it has been hard, even just like getting coaches to get their head around this. Like I'm trying to do a positive thing and, um, and then really trying to engage parents is hard. And there's so many misconceptions about, um, about parents and about coaches and really trying to help both parties, you know, recognize who the good people are and who the people are that are seeking what's best for the children, whether that be parents or coaches and, and bringing us together to form a solid group. So then, um, you know, the result again, will be, will be a better youth landscape, better youth culture. Your website, the soccer parent and association, beautiful, logo in the top left that says underneath inspiring players by empowering parents and i know that you're well aware that the words empowering parents will scare the life out of <laughs> coaches so can you tell me why you've you know why you're you're so strong in that belief yeah um well it's funny that you say that because i do i do second guess that or i find myself often saying to coaches 
this is not coaches versus parents. This is not trying to give parents power to, you know, take over. But the bottom line is that the coaches who are well-intentioned and who are open and who are really seeking to support young players, I find that those are the what I kind of classify in quotes, air quotes here, as the good guys. And they're the ones that really do see the benefit of parents. So um, I, I think that parents do need to feel and understand that their job is to find the best environment for their children and that they need to feel like they have some control over that and they need to know how to make decisions about what the best environment is and feel comfortable doing that. Now, I also want to empower parents to take the sidelines back from the crazy parents who care too much about winning. I want to empower, you know, level-headed parents to collaborate with like-minded coaches. And I do believe that that'll be in the best interest of player development. So um, I think it's a good word in my mission statement because it is what I'm seeking to do. And it does open the door to these conversations so that I can try to help coaches and clubs and soccer organizations understand the fact that pushing parents away does not work. Telling them that they don't have a voice is not helping us. And so instead, you know, let's do what we can to try to change the environment by giving parents some information, giving them some guidance, some support, because it's hard being a youth soccer parent these days. And, um, and parents need, need some support. I spoke on your webinar last week about, we, we talked about the coaches wanting to create independent players both on and off the field and then how that can create a disconnect between the coach and parent who feels as if they're being alienated perhaps in the process even though mm -hmm. that's not the intention uh, you know how does a coach in in your eyes how does the coach balance between like you know let me you know take a take a step away and let me try to create someone who can think for themselves and then balance that between, you know, having the parent involved and then, you know, buying into the process. Yeah. You know, I'm really dealing with that with my team. So I'm coaching a U10 team right now, U10 girls team. And um, I, I think that you're raising a good point. We're not trying to, we do want to raise, we all as parents, as coaches, we want to support autonomy. We want kids that understand the game on their own, that can make their own decisions within the game who can advocate for themselves, who can talk and have difficult conversations with the coaches. That's of course what we want for our children. And as coaches, um, you know, supporting that often means having conversations with kids when parents aren't there or, you know, helping them develop um, their own, their own voice in this. But what happens is that I think at certain ages and at certain times and with certain teams where the culture is a certain way, the coach really does need to involve the parents more. And that's what I feel like I'm dealing with on my team right now. So I've got these girls who are, you know, the top level in the club. And I have some parents on my team who are overcoaching their children, not necessarily during a game, but who are giving them too much information and trying to guide them. And 
It's not necessarily the same things that I'm telling them. Um, and so as a coach, I need to connect with the parents in order to create players who can make their own decisions. I see myself in the youth game, working with these nine-year-old girls that one of my roles as a coach is also to guide and inform these parents about one, what I'm trying to do, but two, like the bigger pictures of the game and how development happens and how learning happens and, you know, what we're hoping to accomplish, um, through, through the season. So if, if I just, just continue to not talk to the parents, any stress or, you know, it's not going to work. So I have to even go out of my way even more this coming spring season with my team to talk to parents, to help guide them. Because if I don't, their kids won't progress. Their kids will quit. Their kids will burn out. They'll switch to a different club. Like all those things that we get so frustrated with will happen. Um, the solution to that for me is, is to connect more with the parents. I'm thinking like meet with them after the game and tell them the six things that happened that were amazing that had nothing to do with us scoring a goal or, you know, anything like that, but instead helping them see what I'm seeing that um, so that they can then take a step back and not necessarily feel like they have to be so involved with their children. Yeah, so that, that would be a formal way of communicating. How much of your communication with parents then is, you know, is informal, is just making sure you're available? Is it, you know, do you spend time before and after practices? Do you pinpoint certain players or how do you go about that? So I do, and what I encourage in my coach education, and it works great, is what I call a pregame huddle. So I actually meet with my parents five or six minutes before the game and my final phase of the warm-up, the kids go ahead and do their finish their phase of the warm-up. And I walk over to the sidelines. The parents are expecting it. We meet, you know, kind of at the same place, sort of the, the, the corner of the 18 on our sideline. The parents are all standing there and I tell them what my expectations are for the game, what we've been working on this week. I give them some reminders about sideline communication. So that's one, another kind of formal moment that I have with them. But you know, what I'm learning and all of these experiences that I'm having coaching are great experiences for me to bring back to soccer parenting, that despite the fact that all of these parents know what I do, they know all about soccer parenting. They know that I'm all about supporting their child, that, um, you know, one of the big concepts I talk about when my coach education is trust and establishing trust. And despite all of that, I had two or three parents on my team who were really, really stressed and didn't feel comfortable reaching out to me about their child not feeling inspired or about the stress that they were having as parents. So I think we need to go out of our way to keep those messages coming as coaches and reaching out and making sure just even informally, a quick little email to follow up, just you know, finishing it with the door is always open to come and talk to me. You know, I'm always make, you know, want to make sure you know that or, you know, your child and their level of inspiration and enjoyment about the game is important to me. Please let me know if, um, you know, you're seeing something I'm not. Um, and I, I, you know, I was shocked that any parents were stressing at all on my team. It was news to me at the end of this fall season, but I think it's demonstration of the fact as coaches in certain age groups, especially uh, how hard we need to work. This is a tough age group. This, this eight, nine, 10, 11, it's a hard time. Um, where I think a little bit of extra parent engagement is needed because 
kids are developing all over the place. Some kids are good. Sometimes your kid does something brilliant and then they don't do that again for a month and you're not sure why. And, you know, so, um, you know, I think parents need a little bit of extra time. Now, as kids get older, that's, that you know, I think that level of parent engagement definitely shifts once they get into the 14, 15, 16-year-old. Whenever you came to the to the Modern Soccer Coach Conference and, and you did your talk, I, I viewed it as if I was a club coach again. And, and I really like kind of going back and because I, I didn't do any of this here and I think, oh, I should have done that and I should have done that. So when you're presenting that, that there, I think, oh, that's I, I should have done that would have really worked for me would be to talk to the parents five or six because it also gives the kids the little bit of responsibility to finish yeah. off their warm up. Where I would struggle would be then the possibility or the I suppose the chance of a parent that then seeing that there as like, okay, this is I'm gonna blow up Gary's phone Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday, Thursday night. Does that happen or how do you deal with it if it does? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And I hear that a lot. Um when I'm giving my messages around the country for, you know, parent engagement and, you know, establishing trust between coaches and parents, I hear coaches say, Hey, I already have enough on my plate. This is, this is adding too much. And really what I, what I, and and even what the research shows about parent engagement is that it actually makes your job easier. Um, You'll have less stress all said and done. You'll have less parents that are coaching you that are, that are reaching out to you or, or, you know, um, ha- trying to have the, the stress won't build to a, to a, a frustrating conversation. Instead, you'll be able to, you know, jump in ahead of time. Um, so I think maybe another way to answer your question is we need to open the door as coaches. Like we need to open the door to parents, but we need to define very clearly how we're opening it, when we're opening it. And we also need to define really clearly when we're going to close it. <laughs> like, like there, there are real boundaries to these relationships. And this is such a new concept and a new, this relationship is, is new to both parents and coaches often that it really does need some definition. And I ran into that with my meetings that I had with my parents and players after the fall season. I had one parent in particular who, um, and I understand how they were feeling and I hadn't thought about it. And I understand how their daughter would have felt because I played her in goal a half of every game. And then she often didn't get in for more than half on the field. So she's leaving thinking that was fun to play in goal, but I really just played 12 minutes on the field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, you know, that was fine for the parent to say, you know, that was frustrating for her, leave it there. But for the parent to then say, and our expectation is that if she plays half on the field, she'll play the whole second half on, or half in goal, she'll play the whole second half on the field. Uh, that's not okay. You know, so we need to, as coaches, be really cognizant and as parents be really cognizant of where we draw the line. I want to know if the player's not feeling great about soccer. That's important for me to know as her coach, but I don't need the parent giving me specifics about what their expectations are for playing time. Um, and so that's, I think, a good example of, you know, kind of opening and closing the door. Um, the parents who are reaching out to, to me a lot, you know, texting or, or reaching out, I, I don't think, I think what you'll find is that it really doesn't happen. Just them knowing that the door is open and that you're available really establishes this trust. And, and that's what we're trying to get to is establishing trust in the coach-parent relationship. That's when things are productive. That's when 
player development will be positively impacted when coaches and parents trust each other. And that's what the research says, Gary. I mean, this isn't just me coming up with this. There's so much research on, on club, I mean, on schools and schools and parent engagement and what the results are to um, student performance and parents' perceptions of the schools, parents' perceptions of the teachers, of teachers' um, happiness and um, with their job when parents are actually engaged and invited into the process. So I'm building all of this model off of all the research that we have with schools and bringing it into clubs. And, you know, the, the results have been very positive. Yeah, it's also, it's got to help as well with retention as well, right? Because we talk about development um, and we kind of overlook the fact that if you're going to develop someone, development needs time and the longer you can work with someone, well, that's the, the, the way the, the nature of the game is today that kids have, and parents have more choices. So if they're not having a good experience, your window of working with that player is going to be minimal. Um, mm-hmm. You've got to try and keep them at the club. Is that a goal as well within your eyes is retention rates? Does that, do you gauge success through that? Or I don't have any data that says the clubs that we're working with have better retention rates than, than, than the norm. But yes, for sure. I mean, that's what the research says about, you know, schools that engage parents have um, less kids that drop out of school. So more kids will stay playing soccer. Schools that engage parents have um, kids that perform better on their tests. So, you know, we can say, what does that mean? Kids that, um, schools that engage parents have children who do their homework, you know, so it's really solving a lot of problems. Like we want kids to get out and play on their own. We want Mm. kids to keep playing and not quit. We want parents to be more satisfied and trusting. And we want our coaches, because that's another big issue that clubs have is getting the coaches and, and schools that engage their parents have a higher, um, have a higher satisfaction rate from their teachers so if we can have our coaches more satisfied and not having to retrain, find more coaches, then you know that's an important component to all of this as well. So um, I do think that this is solving the, the parent parent engagement solves a lot of the problems that we have in youth soccer. Um, we just need to keep diving into what works for parent engagement, what that means, what it doesn't mean, defining that relationship, and that's the work that I'm. I'm really seeking to to dive in and, and understand and, and give a model that um, is replicable and um, and and works so that clubs coaches can can emulate this and, and push this in through their club systems. Angela Duckworth talks about wise parenting in in that brilliant book Grit, and mm-hmm. she says authoritative, not authoritarian and simultaneously holding high expectations of their offspring whilst offering lots of support. Brilliant. Um, but then the, the, the challenge then is in the practice rather than the, the theory. Where's the biggest challenge that, that you see? Is it the parents gaining more knowledge or low levels of self-awareness that would lead you to define support in different ways? So someone, my, my father saw support as stand back and let him work it out yourself. Another parent would see support as get as close to the sideline as you can and, and yell at them. Uh, you know, how, how do you differentiate? How do you educate whenever people just define things differently, I suppose? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think you're opening the door to a lot of different um, 
areas that I'm trying to connect with and what it connected parents with. And what I'm seeing is that in our youth environment, you know, there's, there's little kind of general pockets of areas that need more attention. So for instance, sideline behavior of parents and coaches needs more attention. Like we need to, we need to improve sideline behavior, but we know that. And um, we say we want better sidelines, but, or we say, here's a lollipop, suck on it. You know, we, we don't, but we never educate anybody. We never say this is supportive. This is distracting. This is hostile type of communication. This is acceptable. This isn't, this is when you cross the line. And so, um, you know, providing some education, I think will help parents sort of um, provide the right support. Cause you know, we, you're saying high expectations versus support, you know, like you have, we have high expectations for our sideline behavior, but how are we really educating people on what that needs to look like so that it can actually, they can really be supporting our children in those environments. So, you know, sideline behavior is one of those areas. Um, I would definitely say that um, this whole hyper focus on winning, like that really needs to continue to be addressed. Um, yes, we can have high expectations for our children performing to their best abilities and yet we can't have high expectations for them winning all the time. Winning is enjoyable and it makes it fun, but that can't be the end product that we're seeking in most environments. Yeah. I mean, of course you, you want to win the state championship, state cup, you, you go out there and you seek to win, but you, we have to see the bigger picture through all that. So that's another pocket, this winning. But the thing that you were kind of talking about, I think is this other big area that I'm focusing a lot on is this concept or thought of, you know, parents living vicariously through their children. And um, that's, I think, where parents need just more guidance, more help, more support. I think a lot of parents don't understand how much pressure they're putting on their child just by little things they're saying to them. Or, um, you know, so yesterday I interviewed Mark Polizic. It was a great interview. And Mark says like his job is to parent Christian is to, to ask him how he's doing. Like he, he's not a, talking about the game. I, I, you know, he talked about his post game ritual. I asked him like, what do you do with Christian after the games and growing up? Like, you know, you're a coach too. So where did you find that balance on how you're, how you talk with him? And Mark was like, uh, my post game ritual with Christian was Doritos and Slurpees. Like, we don't even, you know, need to get into that. So I think parents need some information and guidance and support um, about how to best support their children. And quite frankly, a lot of parents just don't have any knowledge about what their real role is. And once they start diving into the work that I'm doing or learning more about it, Carrie, they, they really have these sort of aha moments where, you know, I get a lot of feedback of this is amazing. Like I never thought about, um, what I was doing or, you know, just your article helped me see a much better way that I can help my child. And I've been doing it all wrong. You know, I, I get things, I hear things like that a lot from parents because nobody's addressed this. Like it's a big problem that's never been addressed. So again, that's, that's what I'm seeking to do. Just on that line, one of your mission statements is we believe when parents seek information about how to best support their player, great things will happen. So how can clubs provide that information? How do you work alongside clubs to provide that information? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, 
so I have soccerparenting.com, the, the blog, the public blog. We do a lot of social messaging. Those articles get shared. We're getting a lot of good, you know, there's a lot of learning and conversations that are generated from those articles. Um, and then I work with clubs with, I have a, the Soccer Parent Resource Center, which is a totally different website, the soccerparentresourcecenter.com. And that's where I'm selling club memberships. So clubs are buying access for their parents to this completely separate website. Um, and that's uh, an opportunity for clubs to solve the parent education dilemma they have. Um, and on that website is full of articles, interviews, eBooks, courses, all for soccer parents, all for parents um, dealing about every aspect of the game, whether it be like nuances of the game, laws of the game, things that parents might not know, or, you know, bigger picture things of um, mindfulness and parenting and, um, you know, injuries and, you know, over recovery protocols for, for injuries, not necessarily too specific, but, you know, just things that parents need to understand. Um, so I think that um, once parents start to grasp all this other information that's available to them, then they start to understand what their role is. And, and really a, a parent's role, kind of going back to that belief statement um, that you mentioned is really just finding moments of making sure their child is, has these moments of inspiration or these moments where they, as parents, we can help our children feel a deeper connection to the game. Um, and that's really the role of the parent. It's not to coach. It's not to talk to the child about their performance. That's the coach's role. The parent's role is to be a parent and to provide our children a path where they can more deeply connect with the game. It's tough as well, isn't it? When you, when you sit back and look at the dynamics, people would blame, especially in the soccer coaching community, people be, blame the pay to play model because it, it empowers the parent from a business point of view. But what also makes it very difficult is that whenever you're going through even the recruiting process is that the, the coach themselves have limited have or only allowed limited contact with the player. So very, very difficult to build that relationship and that ambiguity. Like a lot of what you're saying is down to almost revisit and continue to address, continue to educate. But when it comes to a stage that the coach can't do that with a parent or a player, that becomes a problem. Do you see that there as the kids get older? That, that you almost get a new set of problems? Um, I think that it evolves as kids get older. So I think at the, now you're talking about college coaches have limited contact with the players or yeah. within clubs. Yeah. yeah. Well, so the, almost the yeah. dynamics, once a kid gets 15, 16, 17, the dynamics change. I, Definitely. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, is it is it then difficult because, if the kid, because if the kid is going to college and is going to become, they're almost then they're talent, right? They're a talented player. So now you've got this, now you're not dealing with just a child, you're dealing with a talented child. And is there a way of kind of managing that a little bit different where the, the child at 10, fun, et cetera, the child at 15, 16, how do we manage that child, you know? Yeah, I think that you're raising a great point. I tried to sort of clue into that earlier is that this is like a real dynamic process, parent engagement. Um, so, so the coach's role with a parent of a eight year old is much different than a 14 year old is much different than a high performing 
13 year olds, you know, the role that a coach has and the, the information they need to be giving parents changes. And, and then in addition to that, the role that a parent has changes as well. Um, you know, I think that the information that parents of more high-performing, older 15, 16, 17-year-old kids need to be learning about the importance of sleep and diet and nutrition and, and, and helping your child have conversations and advocate for themselves. And, and you know, it, it definitely changes. Um, it would be good to, like, create a model of, of parenting over this course of many years based on the different levels in which your child plays and what your role is as a parent. But I think biggest thing that parents need to realize is that their role is to be a parent and to find an environment and make a good choice about the environment that the child is in based on their child's athletic performance and potential and their mentality towards sport. That's really a parent's job. So, finding a, a sporting environment that you trust for your child based on those factors, their athletic potential and their mentality, let the coach and the club do their work, trust them to do their work. And then you can go ahead and just continue to be a parent. That's really what needs to happen. And so when we talk about inspiring players by empowering parents, I'm really trying to empower parents to make good decisions about the environment, the right decisions about the right environment for their child. Um, that, that's really what, what all of this comes down to because parents don't need to get too involved in the, into the specifics. The, the kid has to take ownership for their own path and the coach has to inspire them. The parent needs to find and trust the right environment and then, like I said, just be a parent. They say, well, the kid's enjoyment of the game must be the priority, but surely the relationship with the parent and the child is the priority as well. Their awareness doesn't then just go within the game, right? There's also that piece of the relationship uh, aware because that there, like the last thing a, a 14, 15 year old child wants to do is is to is to fall out or even dislike their parents at that stage because that could have ramifications down the line that, that would be very, very severe. Yeah, I mean, I think you started that statement by saying, you know, the kids are, ha if the kids are having fun, then what's the role of the parent? Well, I think if the parent's not doing if, if the parent's really messing up, they're crazy parent, they're too involved, they're, you know, I use that term crazy parent loosely. That's, I use that term a lot in my blog. You know, the, the parents that are living vicariously through their children, their kids aren't having fun. They might appear to be having fun, <laughs> but they're really not finding that real deep joy in the game, most likely. And so, um, I mean, I think I can, we can go back to the very beginning. Was that player ever really, really, you know, loving the game? Um, like she had the potential to likely not because her parent, it sounds like, you know, was, was maybe interfering too much in that. There's a great book that just came out that I want to kind of plug. Um, Patrick Ianni wrote it. It's called on frame and it's, it's, it's a hard book for parents to get through. It's a workbook. It's like not easy. You have to go to a game and write what you're thinking and make notes and reflect and, um, it's a, it's a great book that coaches could suggest to parents. Um, I've suggested it to all the parents on my team. It's called on frame, um, by Patrick Gianni. Patrick's a, a ML, former MLS player for many years and sort of came down this path of really wanting to, um, he, he reflecting on his personal identity and how he felt about his identity as a person 
and is as he was going through this process, even as an MLS player struggling to stay motivated and to stay playing, he went all the way back to his childhood and said, you know, why am I doing this? What pressure did my parents put on me? Um, and and kind of going back to this deep rooted why. And um, I think as parents, that's what we need all of our children to to just walk away from this experience or be in this experience, regardless of their age and their why really needs to be because they love to play because they, they, you know, not every moment, but they really do um, feel a connection to the game. Cause we know how wonderful that connection is, you know? So, you know, that's what we want our, our children to really be able to find as well. Going through the coaching journey yourself and, and then added to the fact that this is such a new change and complex field uh, <laughs> how much do you change or question beliefs or or how do you i suppose then what i'm asking is you know how do you stay ahead of the game um mm-hmm. or where do you see it going next or these is there an end in sight where you see this going in five years that you want to get ahead of i think i'm just trying to stay relevant and aware um like even me coaching this team this last couple of years and, and really being in the middle of this and seeing this has given me such deeper understanding. Being a soccer parent myself, you know, has given me such deeper understanding. I think, um, you know, my beliefs have changed and evolved over, over the years. And I'm just trying to keep my heart and mind really open to the possibilities of a better youth soccer environment and, digging deeper into this dynamic between these relationships between clubs, coaches, and parents. And I think the result where I'm hoping to go with this is, is a culture change and culture change happens by, you know, small events um, over time and culture changes with knowledge, beliefs, and values. And that's where we build our culture from. And so if I can provide some knowledge to coaches, like, even you, I love hearing how open you are to like thinking about this and how can I better engage with parents? Like coaches and clubs around the country, just even taking a moment and, and reflecting on that is, is developing some deeper culture. Um, but providing knowledge to coaches about how you do this. Um, and then the same thing to parents, you know, giving them knowledge of the game, knowledge of what good coaching looks like, got knowledge of how players develop and long-term athlete development and knowledge of, of pathways and, and perspectives and sideline behavior. So we're giving this knowledge and that's, you know, what I've been focusing a lot. And then in addition, like I said, you have your beliefs and your values. So, you know, the belief statements that I have out on my site or ones that, you know, we really focus a lot on and our soccer parent value statements, which you can find on the website too. You know, we're talking about, um, we're talking about, um, love of the game and we're talking about active health you know it's what we seek for our children um, coach integrity you know we want coaches that are full of integrity working with our kids and seeking life lessons and balanced outlook so you know we have these parent value statements as well and um, I think probably for me one of the things I want to focus on in the next couple of years or this next year especially is like what are the coaching value statements that we need to bring to the table that when we have this, that they're directly related to parent engagement and really kind of dive into that. Cause I don't think anyone's really trying to go there. I think that would be really helpful messaging for coaches 
who do often get confused on this message and are like, I'm not going to open the door to parents. Like you said, they're going to text me all the time or, you know, it's going to be, you know, I don't, I don't have the time or the capacity to do that. Um, so if I can provide some more guidance and, and some specific value statements around that for coaches, I think that might give us some clarity in this mission as we're seeking to, uh, to really change the culture. Yeah. I've, I've realized that I've, I've approached this interview in a very biased way because it's all come from, Oh, my questions are all geared towards the parent, the parent, the parent. But on the webinar that I was on, you asked me about how can parents deal with the ego of the coach? And mm. that's the first time I've ever been asked it. So <laughs> I'm going to throw back at you then. I mean, how do you see the growth in that? Where do you see the challenges in that then? How much does the coach get in the way of this process? Because, you know, they put themselves or their fixed mindset first. Yeah. Well, I think when I asked you that question on the webinar, you came back with a statement that I wrote. Oh, shoot. I don't have it here. Keeping an open mind to learning. Um, you know, you always have to walk into a situation and be open to learning as a coach. So when I think about egos and I think about coaches and egos, what I think we're really talking about is insecurity, right? That, that to me is, is what coaches who have egos really just are insecure. Um, that's been my experience with coaches. Mm. Um, so some of the most exciting coach education I'm doing is about emotional intelligence. So when I go and talk to coaches about emotional intelligence and coaching, and we're talking about developing self-awareness and giving coaches education information about what self-awareness is, and then, you know, awareness about your relationships with others, and then how you can form all of this into some real social dynamics that can help your team um, is really, really exciting education to be giving to coaches. And so parents, are, if they're in a situation where they feel like their coach is not willing to connect with them, it's really kind of ha has that push off, push away mentality, even when they're trying to be a level-headed parent, you know, they're really trying to just make sure their child is inspired and, and loves the game and trying to connect with a coach. If they're feeling like the coach continues to push them away, then I think that, that they need to try that, that coach needs some help. You know, that coach needs some awareness training, some um, emotional intelligence training. And, um, you know, Mark said it the other day, Mark Polisic in my interview with him, like, you know, maybe you need to find a better environment, find an environment where, where the coach, I think, I think we're getting to the point and what's so exciting is what the result of parent engagement is going to be is better coaches. It's, it forces the coaches to, to have to get better, to have to dive deeper and, and become, um, you know, more impactful. And that's not because the parents are causing a huge uproar. It's because now the coaches are even, there's another level of accountability that really will result in a better and better player development will result in more kids staying with the game. So that's what we're all seeking. That's what you're seeking. That's what I'm seeking. And your angle is working with coaches on coach education and all the work, great work that you do with, with modern soccer coach. And my angle is, Hey, let's rethink these dynamics in the youth game. It's going to force coaches to be held accountable and be better. And it's going to give parents some deeper understanding and the result will be, kids you know an increase in an improvement in player development at all levels regardless of the potential of the child part of the challenges then in, in coach education is is not the information like the information is coming fast at these but thanks to social media 
you can get information very very quickly we're accessed to you know yesterday's game is tactically broken down in a way that we can all look at it by the time it's lunchtime the next day so mm-hmm. but that self-awareness piece that's where you know without that level of self-awareness you're not going to get by and you're not going to be able to communicate etc etc there's a quote i saw this morning i just pulled it up uh vidor friday uh, in football, education is important, but this foundation can be formative and distorting. Good education is demanding and difficult. And for me, the most demanding and difficult form of education is not standing on a pitch, listening to a, you know, for a coach educator for six or seven hours. It's learning about yourself and where your weaknesses are as a person. So how do we do that? I know how, yeah. are you, how are you doing that there with clubs and coaches? Yeah, I am like shaking my head in total agreement. And I love what you just said. Um, you know, it, it's easy to learn tactics. It's easy to, you know, break down a system of play and, you know, learn to make games. I mean, th- those, those can be the easy things. But um, what's demanding and difficult is, like you just said, personal growth. Um, I think that, you know, I look and, and I think about, you always ask people on your, on your um, podcast, because I love listening to your podcast, like, what's your coaching philosophy? Isn't that what you often ask people? Yeah, or yeah. Something like that? yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, if I think about the philosophy that I bring to all the work that I do, I look and I say, who are my mentors in the game? And my mentors that I brought to my experiences here are, are coaches who were masters in connection, you know, Tony DeChico is, is one of my greatest mentors. And I had the honor and privilege of working with him in his soccer plus camps for, you know, 15, 20 years over, over a course of, of my adulthood and learning from Tony and his level of emotional intelligence was just off the charts. And, and so, you know, Dr. Magnick is another one of my great mentors and Doc's ability to connect and motivate and and um, and dig deeper with somebody in Doc's even self awareness is is something that I, I really grew and learned a lot from. So um, those are the great coaches. That's the defining line between being a good coach and being a great impactful coach. Whether you're coaching eight year olds or whether you're coaching at the pro level, those are the coaches that we that we respect, and also coaches who who are themselves who. You know, and that's all about emotional intelligence, having self-awareness, having self-trust. Mm. Um, so we do need to dive into that. And that is a lot of the education I'm, I'm excited about that, that I am doing. You know, these seminars that I'm doing on emotional intelligence and coaching are something that I'm learning from. Every time I do them, I walk away with like five or six different ideas about different ways that I can work with my team or connect better with coaches. And and really, that's that's what I'm seeking and and all the work that I do with the game I I I love this game mm. you know it's given me so much so many friendships so much travel all around the world random people that I've met and and learned from um coaches and, or kids who have, have impacted and changed a privilege of like literally being able to witness a child learn so much about themselves so I for me that's what that's what this is all about it's all about connection the game is the game and, and it's beautiful and I love it and I can learn a lot more about it, but the connection is where the energy comes from. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to connect coaches and parents and form, form 
um, some clarity in what that relationship looks like so that more and more kids can can feel this real joy that you and I feel about the game, this, this, you know, this magic that we feel like, how do we care so much about this game? But we do, we do. And I want more kids to feel that. And so my, my angle on this has been right now has been bringing parents into the mix and helping coaches see the importance of that. You know, with this process yourself and, and obviously going into the unknown, I suppose, um, in, in your journey, you know, where do you get, because you, you need creativity, you need inspiration. Uh, what's your sources? Mm. Oh, oh, like where do I find inspiration? Yeah, because I mean, um, that's, yeah. and the reason why I ask, guys, because it's, this is like, again, I'll go back to one of my first questions. It, it's a tough, tough road. So like, yeah. you know, you, there's got to be moments wherever you're driving home, shaking your head from your own team, <laughs> never mind dealing with other people's problems. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was a goalkeeper. I'm like always on my own. I'm like, just got this crazy mental makeup where I just want, want you know, chaos. Um, no, uh, so I guess I still get a lot of real deep inspiration of, from, from um, you know, and the learning that I have takes place from my friendships in the game. You know, um, you know, John O'Sullivan with Change of the Game Project is a good friend and mentor and somebody that I continue to, to learn from and can share ideas with. And podcasts have been amazing for me. Like I literally, I get so much energy just walking or working out and listening to, to different podcasts. And I get a lot of energy from feedback from, if this is really what you were asking, like where do I get my energy mm -hmm. from? Like from, from, from parents and coaches who are saying, wow, I never thought about this or my relationship with my child has changed so much for the benefit because of, because of the work you're doing. Thank you. I mean, I hear a lot from, from random parents and coaches with some different testimonial type feedback and it continues to motivate me. Um, and I guess um, I really just in the bottom of everything, just, really want this game to be better. Yeah. And I know that there's a lot, a lot of room for improvement. And that is, that, that drives me similar to how I used to feel driven as a player, like, you know, wanting to get fit for preseason or wanting to do this or do that. Like, I feel that same drive even now with this challenge that's, that's ahead of us. Um, and as more coaches and clubs come on board with the work that I'm doing and become members and I engage with more and more, um, coaches and clubs around the country or really around the world, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm really confident that the, the, the path is going to evolve and change and go in some different directions. I can't anticipate, but the path is, is definitely the right one for me to be on. There's going to be a lot of coaches who should be reaching out because it's, it's even an area like I'd say one in five questions I get come back mm. to parenting. Um, yeah. And I'm like, you're, you're asking the wrong man. <laughs> but um, so you're going to be at the convention in Chicago um, and it's a great chance for coaches to connect with you and reach out and find out a little bit more about soccer parenting. What's the best way to do it? And what's what would you recommend? Yeah, no, I definitely would say contact me ahead of time. Um, my schedule, you know, is is definitely filling up with appointments and I would love to connect with coaches um, and you know, clubs, state associations that are, you know, seeking to learn more about this. I am speaking twice um, 
So we'll be talking about in one of my sessions, we'll be talking about collaboration and what club coach parent collaboration looks like, how we can define that and implement programming for that. And in one of my other sessions, we'll be talking about um, the importance of parent engagement from a club perspective. So, you know, those are great ways to connect with me. But if you're really interested in learning more, diving more, and I'll have a booth, Kelly, um, who I work with, will be at the booth all the time. I'll be there as much as I can be. And um, yeah, definitely reach out. Uh, you know, you can message me, DM me on, on Twitter or through Facebook or, you know, my website is all my contact information and set something up. Brilliant, brilliant. Look forward to seeing you in a few weeks, Sky. Thank yeah. you so much. This has been great. Thanks, Gary. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And yeah, it'll be great. I'm looking forward to uh, catching up with you and, and Dan Abrahams. Thanks so much to Sky for her time and her insight there. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. She does a phenomenal job in communicating her vision, the passion that she talks, but the little bits of advice that she gives throughout there. I was writing it down and, and trying to, to put it all together and piece it all together. A couple of takeaways for me. First of all, it's not something that, and myself included, you want to really do in terms of, yeah, we want to build the soccer piece of it and we want to use player development and we don't really want to spend the time sitting down with parents but for coaches for young coaches who are trying to get experience I find that as you progress higher up there are more people that you have to communicate with more departments more staff members you manage up you manage down so for youth coaches or young coaches who are trying to get experience in the game I think you have to get used to managing on a number of different levels that takes time that takes energy and it takes building those relationships. And those relationships are, in principle, the same across the board. You have to build trust with parents in the same way you have to build trust with a sports science department, in the same way you have to build trust with maybe a marketing department or maybe an athletic department if you're a college coach. Different things that you need to get experience at just adding on a layer of communication in your coaching so I think it's something all youth coaches and all young coaches should be doing the big takeaway I got from it was kind of that advice she gave me was you know defining clearly the boundaries of the relationship and I think that is really really good advice because so many relationships break down where we say well I wish they had done that or I wish they hadn't done that but the boundaries or the intricacies of the relationship were never established at the start. So I think, you know, we talk about clarity when we're coaching and we talk about it probably in terms of coaching points and being clear with our players. But I think we should be clear with everyone we work with. Really enjoyed that. Would love to know what you think. I, I, again, I said it during the podcast. I get a lot of people who reach out about difficulties with parents or difficulties with a player and their parent and how do I work around that there. And it's not an area that I any way shape or form pretend to have expertise in but i would love to know what you think about that there and yeah i would advise you all to reach out to sky and look a little bit closer at what she's doing and see how that could benefit you or benefit your club as well so please let me know at gary carnino on twitter at gary carnino on instagram as always love to know your thoughts thanks so much for listening for the podcast look forward to hearing from you have a great week bye Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kernine on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.